I just want to invite you just to stand back up. Just, just all across the room, even, even as you're listening at home on the podcast, whenever it might be that you begin to listen to this, I just want you to lift your hands right where you're at. And some of you might be thinking, well, I don't want to. Well, I didn't, I didn't understand that Jesus came so that you could do something that you wanted to do. I never read that in the scriptures that we were supposed to live off of our feelings or our emotions. I never understood him to say that he wanted us to respond in accordance to the way that we wanted to respond. That it was not about us responding that way. But it was about us responding to a, in accordance to what he was worthy of. See, we have this selfish-based religion in relationship with Jesus that is from our perspective and not his when he came so that we could see it from his perspective. It's not about the way that you see Him, it's about the way that He sees you. Because the way that you see Him is oftentimes wrong, but the way He sees you will always be right. And the way that He wants to put inside of you, His ability for you to see Him the correct way is what is right. But when we get caught up in ourself and and we're too broken on our own terms instead of being broken for Him, and we refuse to give Him glory, praise, and honor, when we're not comfortable with where we're at we refuse to give him what he's worthy of if you're not comfortable with where you're at it's because you have refused to give him what he's worthy of and if you'll begin to give him what he's worthy of you'll begin to worship him no matter what's going on in your life you'll begin to sing and dance like there's no tomorrow and you won't care what your brain's saying what your body's saying but you'll respond to the glory of which that he stands on you'll be set free from what's binding you when we give him praise he releases our heaviness When we give him joy, he'll deliver us from mourning. He is worthy to do what he said he would do. The problem is man won't do what he told them to do. The word to obey it, instead of reading the word to know it, we would be more like him and we would have a different world. I'm here to tell you today that it's about Him, it's not about you. So every selfish ambition, every selfish desire, every selfish thought that is in you, I command it to die now in Jesus' name. Lay it at the altar. Lay it at His feet, for He's the only one that's worthy. Any idea that you have of how things are supposed to go, get rid of them. It doesn't matter where you're from. It matters who He is. And He is the same no matter where you're from. So when we come in with these preconceived notions of the way things are going to be, we are limiting the way that He can touch us. We are limiting the freedom that we can step into. And therefore, by our preconceived notions, we're binding ourselves inside those. But we know nothing And we are nothing apart from Him who made us everything. It was His blood that looked upon us and made us worthy. 
absent of the blood we are not but because of the blood you are he is enough he simply is enough And you cannot add to his enough. He just simply already is. There is nothing that you can add to him that would make him more worthy. He is worthy whether you recognize it or not. He is holy whether you recognize it or not. He deserves all praise and all glory and all honor whether you give it to him or not. And when all of this passes away, he'll be the only thing still standing. It is better to be standing in him than destroyed with all the things that will be destroyed. I'm just going to give you a few moments just to talk to Jesus right where you're at. To fix some things that you know needs to be fixed. And if you're refusing, then why are you here? He's doing something very special right now. Because it, it is in my nature that I want to move on. I want to move into what He's told me to say today. But we can never move on from what He's doing to say what He asked us to say. We must allow Him to finish doing what He's doing before we can move on to what He wants to do next. We can't get in a hurry. It's when we refuse to wait that idolatry is born. Because when we refuse to wait upon Him, we're putting something else above Him. And that of which that we give our time can become idolatrous in nature. invite him to touch you in a new way today
Just invite Him right now just to touch you in a new way. To make a fool of your flesh like never before. Because the flesh needs to die. can't help but be reminded how in Genesis 35 that Jacob is returned to Bethel for the second time where 21 years earlier he had came upon Bethel running in fear of being destroyed and between those 21 years and when he's returning in Genesis 35, he's learned a lot. He's changed. Comes somebody new. To the point to where he says to his household and all that were with him that they were going to put away the foreign idols that were among them. That they were going to purify themselves and they were going to change their garments. He said, then let us arise and go up to Bethel and I will make an altar there to God. Who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me in the way which I have gone. I'm only going to be able to touch on this one scripture today, I believe, because we don't have a lot of time. But we need to take a moment to be thankful that we have a God that that stood with us as we went the way that we want it to go. See, there's God's way and then there's our way. And we most often choose our way. But the God of the universe will travel with you along your way. If you need to sit down, you can. It's fine. Remain standing. You want to jump, whatever. This is freedom. But he wanted to build a temple, an altar, a house, a place of worship to honor the God who stayed with him when he was going the wrong way. See, as you study the life of Jacob, you see and understand that he began to make some decisions early on that were big decisions, but we seem to miss the smaller ones that led to the bigger decisions. And just like in Jacob's life, we in our own get free from things. And the Lord has called us to build a temple, to be a house of worship that He can come and dwell within. A purified holiness that we're supposed to walk and stand in. Righteousness that we're supposed to have. But the enemy's very deceiving. 
My poor wife, she'll just pray forever, or play forever. You can stop anytime if you want. But about the last four days, the Lord has been speaking to me heavily about condemnation versus conviction. And how condemnation always comes with manipulation. And conviction always comes with love. See, God never works in condemnation. He'll never work in manipulation that leads you away from Him. But one of the biggest things that has ravaged the men of America and some women is pornography. The addiction to lust. The lust of the flesh. And this is not the only sin that, that, that ravages the world, but it's one of the bigger ones. And that's the one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at today and, and just kind of explain what I'm trying to talk about with you. Is that so many of us were addicted to pornography at some point in our life. And we got freed from it by the blood of Jesus. But maybe years, maybe months, maybe weeks after you get free, the enemy immediately tries to come back and start to attack you. But he doesn't attack you with what used to bind you. He attacks you with something smaller that you won't catch coming in. It could be just a girl running down the road. And you look, and you look too long. And then the next thing, it's an ad on your phone because you're on Facebook and an ad pops up. And it's a girl in a bikini and it gets your mind wondering and you shut down the thoughts and you think nothing of it. Then the next thing it is, you catch a video of someone running down the street in a bikini and you watch that and you push away that thought and you think nothing of it. And then it continues to build until you're back where you used to be to where you're back watching pornography and you're bound by it. And you can't understand what happened because you forgot about the little foxes that spoil the vine. Now this is not just in pornography. This is not just in this lustful spirit. This is the way the enemy gets you in everything. It could be in your relationship with Jesus. It could be in the time that you used to spend with Him. If you will go back to Bethel, because Bethel is the word that actually means remembrance, but it's also a place of revelation. See, when Jacob got back to Bethel, Jacob remembered who that he was before and said, I am thankful that I had a God that would stand with me when I was going my way instead of his way. So because of that, I'm going to build an altar, a temple, a house of worship, and we're going to magnify him. And whereas pornography is a bad thing, and it is one of the greatest sins that is ravaging America and the world, I don't believe it's the number one. The number one is lack of intimacy with Jesus. Lack of relationship. Lack of knowing. That's something we've been talking about a lot around here, is that people just don't know. We are very quickly to condemn people, thinking that they should know things that they don't know.
There's a, a great preacher out there, and as I was uh, praying this morning, and if I said his name, everybody knows him. And the Lord began to speak to me about him. And the Lord told me, he said, Andrew, he doesn't know. He doesn't know because he's been surrounded by people that are living the way that he lives. So how can he know when all that he knows is what's surrounding him? Sometimes we get entrapped by what we know and we never break free of what we know to step into the unknown so that he can deliver to us what we don't know. You need to have Bethel. You need to have that place of remembrance. I've talked about this several times, relating it to your boyfriends and your girlfriends growing up, that, that when you had that first love, you would have that piece of clothing or something, a, a shirt of his or hers, and it smelled like them, some song that you remembered that you and him or her walked down the strip to, whatever it might be, there was something that when you listen to that even today, you remember those feelings from them. Maybe your boyfriend from 10 years ago wore this specific cologne. And if it ended badly, it may bring bad memories. But even though in the bad memories of it ending badly, you remember the first time you met them and you smelt it and how much in love you felt with them, how obsessed you was with them, this is your place of Bethel for the Lord. There's a song that you were listening to at a, at a conference or at a church service. They were playing it and you got undone by the Lord at the altar and you gave your life to Him and you truly were sold out. And from that point on, you went into intimacy where you were pursuing Him day and night. You could not get enough. He was all you thought about. And every time to this day that song plays, you remember. You remember what... How to get back there. That's because the enemy has stolen from you small pieces at a time. And you're looking for the big ways to get it back, but it's in the small ways that you get it back. The same way of which the enemy took your intimacy from you, and let me rephrase that, because he didn't take anything, he convinced you to give it up. He came with whispers of temporary delight. Maybe you normally got up at 5 a.m. to pray and now he's just been whispering to you, you can sleep another 30 minutes. 30 minutes doesn't seem that much when you fall asleep for the 30 and it actually is another two hours and you don't. In the first day, that's nothing. That's okay. You can get back on track tomorrow, but when he continues to whisper the same thing, in the moment that you partner with that lie, my friends, I'm telling you, the moment you partner with that lie, you're already entangled in his web. Because the next day when he says it again, you've already agreed to it once, so you're more likely to agree to it again. And now you're in a position where you, you haven't spent time with him in weeks, you haven't read the word like you used to, you can't understand why he's not touching you like you want to be touched. It's not because of the big things. It's because of the small things. Everyone wants to come to me and say, well, I just need to fast. I'm going to go on a seven-day fast so I can get back to where that I was. No, friends, you don't need to go back to seven days fasting to get back to where you was. You just need to simply get up in the morning. Where he started stealing from you, that's where you start taking back. From that moment where he convinced you to give something up, that's where you go back and regain what you gave up. 
You want your intimacy with Jesus? Go back to what used to burn inside of you for Him. If that was, I remember when I first fell in love with Jesus, I would stay up until 1 a.m. reading the Word. And now you can't figure out why you've lost your intimacy, but you forgot the fact that you stopped staying up till 1 a.m. reading the Word. Yeah, but it was different then. He was burning in me. He was making me do it. No, He wasn't. You had a desire, and you went after it. It's no different than pornography. The enemy's not making you watch pornography. You have a desire for it, so therefore you do it. If you will have a desire for Jesus again, and you'll push through it and stay up till 1 a.m. again, he'll meet you where he is. We need to be praying more. If you're, if you're in this position to where you've lost intimacy the way that it used to be, and I'm not saying that you've stepped completely out of intimacy. I'm saying that you know that you're not burning like you used to, and you shouldn't even be burning like you used to because you should be burning hotter and greater because you've been in intimacy longer. You need to go back to Song of Songs 2.15 and begin to pray this prayer. Catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. What he's saying there is we are easily manipulated. We are easily broken off course. We're tender grapes. There's wine in us, but with too much pressure from the enemy, we will break and spill the wine. So we, need, we don't need Him to toughen us up. We need to stay tender. See, this is the problem with most of the culture in America is that they have begun to want to be toughened up so the enemy can't touch them. You need to stay tender. You need the Lord God Almighty to stand in between you and the enemy and Him be the rough one. Him be the tough one so that the enemy can't break the grapes. You need the Lord to catch the foxes. We're going to continue on this same subject next week because I can't help but feel that not just in my camp, not just in, in the wilderness gatherings here in Rome, Georgia, but also all across America that there are many that have lost intimacy with Jesus and they're trying to pretend their way back into it and they can't get there and they can't figure out why. And this is a message that the Lord wants to be released that we need to help Him by re revealing and remembering the little things that we've given to the enemy and start taking them back. Then and only then can we step back into intimacy. Because the things that the enemy comes after that seem small to you now were foundational in your beginning. And if you take out the foundation from a house, the house will fall. You need to get back your foundation. You need to get back to those things that the Lord drew you into in the beginning. But make sure they were of the Lord and not of man. So Jesus, I've done all that I know to do. I pray that even now, all across this room and all across America as people begin to listen to this podcast, that you'll begin to reveal to them and help them remember. Take them back to that Bethel that place of remembrance, that place of revelation, for them to remember and know and be revealed the things that there's been, they've given to the enemy, the small things, so they can take them back and the foundation can be relayed so the temple can be built again, stronger and better than ever before. The 
Because I remember growing up and I used to fight all the time. I was, I was big time into fighting. I loved fighting people. And I ended up getting into boxing. And there was something that I realized that somebody would only use something on me once because after they used it, I learned it and it didn't work anymore. When you're fighting a fighter and they have a tell, that's something they do where you recognize they're about to do something else. The moment you recognize that tell, you're ready for the punch that's about to come and they don't hit you with it anymore. The enemy has a tell. And he's been using it in your life. And the spirit of the living God's about to reveal it to you. And then what he used to use to get you is not going to work anymore. But that doesn't mean that he's done. He's going to come with something new. But that's okay because you'll learn that tale as well. Because if you'll get this teaching, He can't take your intimacy. He may take it for a moment, but you'll remember. You'll have that place of Bethel to come back to each and every day to remember what it was and remember that you're not in it and you'll step back into it. It's not easy. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy. It takes discipline and it will, your flesh will hate it. But you have to push past the flesh and into the spirit. Because he said, not on this mountain or another one, but in spirit and truth you will worship me. It's by spirit and truth, not by flesh. So I bless y'all. You have a good week. In Jesus' name, bye-bye.